This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome one and all to the Back of the Nest Preview Podcast. I am your host Terence Ford and I am back in the world of the living lads. Um, got Albert and Heskiff, who I'm not even sure my mates after the... I, I think I counted it was 7 minutes and 20 seconds of you just ridiculing me at the start of last week's pod. Actually, a lot less than I thought it was, to be honest. <laughs> Given that you were the host, Heskiff, I think you have to hold all of the blame for this. I'll take that. <laughs> That's fine. Are you, feel, are you feeling better? I am feeling approaching 90%, I guess. Um, hence, no beer check this week. I'm on the teas. I'm drinking it from a very florally mug. Whilst also sitting here in my wife's dressing gown because it's cold in the office. <laughs> so, no beer, I'm afraid. Uh, because as I was saying, I feel, I feel like I've been scraped out from the inside with a rusty spoon. Mm. Mm. Terence and Terence gave that analogy as I was trying to eat my dinner, which <laughs> somewhat upset me. Were you eating it with a rusty spoon? No, no. Um, are you saving yourself for the gin end of season gin and tonic special tea? Is that what's going on? <laughs> well, yes. Um, next week we'll be recording Thursday night and that will be our GNT end of season special, building us up to Nottingham Forest. Are we actually going to do it? I feel like we've said it every year for like four oh, years yeah. now. I mean, All I've right. got gin. So, I can make it happen. Great. I'm not going to drink gin, but I'll get a spirit of some sort. You drunk gin at Everton away? Yeah, I did. And it was fucking horrible. (laughs) Just imagine, Imagine how miserable, imagine how miserable and bad his predictions would be on gin. (laughs) I think it would be me retching into the microphone. Six nil when everyone's going to die. (laughs) (laughs) yeah i had no idea you didn't like gin when i handed you that shot of gin to be honest who who doesn't want a shot of gin a shot of of gin is is a different proposition i had no idea i didn't like it either until i had it (laughs) and then immediately knew i don't like it 
Ginning was a thing we did at university as like a punishment. You got ginned. I'm not surprised. Well, as in just a shot of gin? Yeah. yeah. I remember, I think I was handed a shot of gin at my like 18th birthday piss up. And it was just a, I think I described it at the time. It was just like having a mouthful of stingy nettles. <laughs> stingy nettles. Yes. Uh, I'd more like remember throwing up on things like Archers and Lemonade on Malibu and Coke at age. I didn't start oh, drinking until I was 28. So I missed all that. Oh, you didn't. What changed at 28? <laughs> but did I meet you lot? <laughs> Can't be true. Can't possibly. What was be going true. on? What was going on uh, at Palace when you were twenty eight? Oh, what God, era were we in? I was twenty ten. Oh, oh, I thought so, I was going to say like Steve Bruce or something. No, hang on a minute. How old am I? Another <laughs> bitch. Uh, admin, maybe administration. That yeah. would be enough that, to drive you yeah, to drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say Stone John not passing the ball. It was at that moment I went for the gin in at Hillsborough. <laughs> mm. Yeah, that would be enough to turn you to drink. I reckon. Yeah, yeah. I haven't looked back since. Anyway, I'm drinking water. I'm on the water today. Nice. Well, yeah. As I said, I'm on the teas after my uh, couple of days in a wiggy days in a hotel room in Milan. Just um, hiding. At least work gave me the annual leave days back. Put them down as sick. That was nice of them. Because <laughs> I had no holiday. <laughs> <laughs> and in, inhaled a packet of Imodium for the flight back <laughs> to just basically try and make it back to South Norwood. Imodium? So did, you have the, did you have the shits as well? Uh, <laughs> mate, it was, yeah, it was rough. Wow, I thought you were just a bit sweaty. No. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Yeah. And here oh. we were, Albert, making jokes about Gonzalo Sorondo, and little did we know poor Terence was legitimately ill mm. Mm. feel a bit bad now yeah did that ah. sound sincere did that sound sincere yeah edit we'll edit tap water in Milan says you says you can drink it on the internet there's um their pipes are really old <laughs> you can taste it rustier than yours I imagine <laughs> There you go. I'll set them up. You can finish them off. Right. Ah, you're right. <laughs> oh, you meant the jokes. <laughs> um, so, going to start off with Eurovision this week. Either of you watch it? I actually did, yeah. I was yeah. pissed, but I watched it. Uh, it was on in my house because my wife and my mum wanted to watch it, but I, ch- I-, I checked out with Match of the Day. I officially left the room when match of the day started. Mm. Well, I was intrigued. I mean, I watch it every year. It's not like I'm making an excuse because Zaki realized his missus was dancing for Finland, but um, was intrigued to hear it. Low key banger. Was that yeah, actually yeah. all right? <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, it was banger. Like it was, I was the same. I was like, look, I'm going to like this one because of Aki, but he is dressed like a sprout. Mm. But then he. Oh, was on. that was that Finland with yeah. the green, yeah, the like sort of green, green jacket thing? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what I. Yeah. Mm. So one, but so then, one of the women was Aki Realati's wife dancing on the stage of him. Yeah. 
But then, yeah, the chorus dropped, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm in." Yeah. Now, if it was if it was Vasilis Lakis's wife, (laughs) I don't know if I'd have been in. But Aki's wife, I'm in. Yeah, did good, um, but didn't didn't win. Just got not not pit. I guess it was quite a points gap between them and Sweden, but they won the public votes considerably, but not the judges' votes. Um, to which the, the Finns have got really, really fucking salty about. Um, even Real Arty's tweeted about conspiracies around Eurovision, <laughs> which has um, has amused me. I, I've, I'm, I'm hoping some of it's lost in translation, but they do seem really angry at it. <laughs> well, you know, I, 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 what, I mean, how does it work? Ju- the public vote and then the points vote. Like that, so, I mean, that I mean, feels like there's a, there is room for shenanigans there. So what happens is they run around 27 countries who all give their, this is Sweden yeah. calling, and then yeah. they give points between 1 and 12 points, which is based on the judges. So it goes, I don't know, 1, 2, 3, 5, 7, 8, 9, 10, 12. Um, and once all the 27 nations are voted, then from the bottom upwards, so whoever's got the fewest points, which was Germany on this occasion, you find out how many points they got from the public. And then it goes all the way up. So Sweden were miles ahead in the, after the judges' votes. And then Finland had a considerable public vote win, but um, not, not enough. The, yeah, close, close the, the gap. gap. Not enough, yeah. Yeah, so commiserations to Aki Realite, although well done. They might be dropping the judges' votes next year anyway, so that would have meant Finland would have won. Big shake-up. Big shake-up indeed. Um <laughs> When Hodgson came in for Vieira, we thought that would have been a big, a bit of a big shake-up. Good results, but mm-hmm. as we've been discussing in the back of the nest group this week, Hodgson's results that he's picked up since he's come in as manager against the corresponding teams this season, Vieira's record is identical. Yeah. Mm. How much are you reading into that? Well, there's a manner of the way we won games in the two, for sure. Under Vieira, we didn't spank Leeds 5-1. We didn't, you know, play sexy football. So it was definitely a difference in the performances. But it definitely does feed into the... It was was it harsh to get rid of Vieira at the time because, you know, a very bunch of difficult fixtures? Would he just gone on to pick up the same results that Hodgson has done? Question. Well, let me get the crystal ball out. Um, No, well, the manner in which we were playing, you know, regardless of who the teams were, you know, we were, you know, we were we were very sort of inconsistent, and even if we did get ahead, it was you know proper bite your fingernails for the last five minutes because you know the number of goals we would see after eighty five minutes was you know was um, was pretty nasty and, and often going in our net rather than going in the opposition's net. So you know, whilst we can't sit here and categorically say. 
yeah, Vieira would have done the same, you know, given the same set of fixtures. I think it's more the manner of which we were performing, um, which, you know, tied in with the results that Vieira was getting. And again, I think it it, it depends how much you, you buy into all the the stuff that was going on behind the scenes that none of us necessarily knew about. Um, I I certainly didn't until, you know, the athletic article came out and all the, oh, they were thinking of firing him back in February and issues with the coaching staff and the the dairy incident. So yeah, people can, people can just hold up, you know, a set of results against certain teams and the corresponding ones under a different manager. But it's not the only thing that the decision was was based on, you know, by the sounds of it. So, mm. you know, yeah, he might have got the points, but it felt like it was more. It was about more than that. Well, do you know, because what I'm going to say next feeds in kind of to what's going to become our favourite feature of what Garth Crook said in the team in a week after putting Eze in it again. So let me read this from Garth Crooks. I saw contacts made by Joachim Anderson on Jefferson Lerma in Crystal Palace's 2-0 win over Bournemouth and could not believe no action was taken. It was made of a closed fist and landed square on Jefferson's nose and broke it. If it had been a middleweight boxing contest, it would have been scored three on the points card and Jefferson would have, had, would have been entitled to a count. In fact, the player had to take one. I've seen some incompetence since the introduction of VAR but it takes some beating. Whilst most of us were wondering how on earth the incident could have been judged to be anything other than a punch, the video assistant referee thought otherwise. This is this is about Eze being in team of the week, by the way. <laughs> Meanwhile, Everett Eze was subjecting Bournemouth and thrilling the Crystal Palace crowd with one with his own brand of knockout blows. This kid looks better every time I see him. His second goal was a peach equaled only by the pass provided for him by Michael Elise. The way these two super youngsters are emerging at Palace is impressive. All they need now is a young manager to help them develop. Oh yes, they had one of them and decided to let him go. Now, why this feeds in, (laughs) we'll get a bit more into Gar Crooks, but this idea that Vieira could develop these players is fucking nonsense. A, he wasn't even playing Eze. He's playing Elise out of position in 10. And fucking Tyrant Mitchell, miraculously, since Patrick Vieira left, is all of a sudden on an upward trajectory again, looking like a better player every week. So make it make sense, Garth. (laughs) I mean, Heskiff, I think it's clear Mm -hmm. that what we've seen, Mitchell was probably in a microcosm that the coaching staff under Vieira wasn't getting anyone to play better football. And immediately in the space of six weeks, we've seen drastic improvement in a bunch of players. Yeah, I think that's fair. And to be fair, when when we got rid of Vieira and brought Roy in, I did I did like the, the pod extra or whatever we called it, Roy was like, I don't think this is a good idea. And I've been completely wrong. I've been completely wrong. I think he has been very good so far, Roy, um, for a number of reasons. But like you said, you know, I'm, I'm seeing Joel Ward do 360 pirouettes on Saturday. That's mad. That's absolutely mad. I think as uh, as I said it after, after the game, it's absolutely insane. But yeah, like you say, you know, 
Eze has been unreal in the sort of whatever it is, eight games I think Roy's had. He scored six goals. Elise looks unplayable. Decore hasn't even looked like getting a book in, I would say, for all of those games. Ty's looking a lot more comfortable again. So it is there there must be something to it. Whether Listen, that's when it's Samba Royable, you don't need to make tackles, mate. That's, that's exactly. why it doesn't look like he's gonna get but it's just spraying the ball around the pitch. <laughs> and it's just like I think a lot of it like they're you know, a lot of the players do like him, we know that. But I think as well it's the way that we're playing. You know, I think Vieira obviously liked his more patient build up this year, which didn't really play to our strengths, I would say. Whereas Roy's seems to be a lot more like, okay, let's get the ball forward to the front three or four and do some damage. Um, and there was a thing which we might go and talk about that there was a stat that had like most drib- most dribbles in the league. And I think we had Wilf, Ebbs and probably Elise were in the top five maybe. And it's like, well, you know, playing to their strengths. I think we've done that a lot more since Roy's been here. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Yeah, I think Garth Crooks, I mean, we all know Garth Crooks talks shit, where 75%, like you said, of his of his essays in my team of the week is talking about a, a fucking centre-half. <laughs> but yeah, to be like, he gets better every time I see him. Well, okay, well, that means the manager's doing something right then, doesn't it? And then to say like, oh, they got rid of the manager. Well, if he's getting better under the new manager, isn't the new manager better than the old manager for Ebbs? So yeah, I mean... Trying, yeah. trying to figure out golf crooks is fucking absolutely pointless. I did ask Chat GPT to write me a review of the game <laughs> in the style of the golf crooks, putting as in the team of the week, but um, <laughs> it didn't quite do it like that. But it said crooks known for his his strong opinions didn't hold back in his post match analysis. He vehemently argued that Anderson's actions were intentional branding him a deliberate act of violence. The pundit even went as far as suggesting that the Danish defender should be arrested for his illegal assault on Lerma. Such a stance on Crooks is not surprising, given his propensity for stirring controversy and sensationalising incidents. See, chat GBT knows. <laughs> wow, it is good, isn't it? <laughs> That's, I mean, it's really good, yeah. Although I did... <laughs> this is what I asked. I said, write a player of the week entry for Reze after he scored both goals in a 2-0 win for Crystal Palace against Bournemouth in the style of Garth Crooks, but focus heavily on Joachim Anderson accidentally punching Jefferson Lerma and how Crooks thinks he should be arrested. So, did, I, think I, did that's what Garth, I think that's what Garth Crooks put into Google <laughs> chat as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Mm, but... Yeah, just bonkers, really. What he's saying there is just this. So there's agendas definitely around um, Vieira and us getting rid of him and saying that we shouldn't have because whoever's saying we shouldn't have has not been watching what we were watching and then are watching now specifically around mm. Eberche Eze. It's I just, mean, I will say this: if if he's getting yeah. if Eze's getting better every time Garth Crooks watches him, I, could Garth Crooks watch him? Every week, please. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but all this comes down to, and rumours are rife now that Hodgson's going to get given one more year. One more year. Um, at this point, Albert, has he earned it? Do you know what? I've, I've, I've tried not to think about it too much because 
I can I, I can tie myself in knots making a case for it and being okay with it, and then I can you know I can put a different hat on and and make a, a an equally passionate case for why I would be against it, and that's not taking anything away from what Roy has done you know, in the short spell that he's come back, you know, he's done wonders and, you know, I was, <clears throat> I was okay with it on paper, um, but still a bit skeptical at the time. And, you know, yeah, it felt like going backwards a little bit. Um, but there's no, there's no real denying what he's done. He has improved players um, that were stagnating and gradually going backwards, as you've already alluded to with Vieira, that was always a problem. <clears throat> and then you think, well, it's only a year. Um, but I guess I guess it all depends on who else is available. You know, Graham Potter's a name that that keeps coming up. Um, you know, whether that's someone that we'd seriously be looking at, I don't know. Would he come? Um, but yeah, you know, hand on heart, if it was if it was one more year, would I be that upset about it? I don't think I would. I would just be a little bit trepidatious about it. Hmm. Haskip, what about you? Do you think it's timing? If the right person's not available now, then might as well give it to Roy for another year or shit off, go and, go and get someone, you know, if they're not available, make them available. Yeah. That's the sort of way that I can see it happening is if we, I mean, I assume we've been talking to some people already. I hope we have. But if we've got like a target or two that we're really keen on and we go hell for leather and we don't get them, sort of in the way that we went for Far and Nuno, I guess, and then we got Vieira as sort of like the the, the, the fullback. Like Roy is a fullback, in this, but we know what he can do. You know, it's not, it's not like getting in a completely unknown quantity like Vieira. So I think we should... I don't think he should be first choice. I think he's done very well at the moment, but in the way that, you know, caretaker managers do well and then sort of tail off a bit. I know it's a little bit different because it's Roy, but sort of similar principle. So I think we should go for whoever it might be, the final guy. I I'm, I'm suppose Pot will be on the list as well, yeah. And if those two don't get it, rather than settling for some you know, completely random third choice, then I suppose Roy is, is a more comfortable choice. Um, and I, yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not ideal. It's not really what I'd want, but I suppose I'd be all right with it. Mm. If you're that finoid guy, do you, do you take a job like Palace? Yeah. You've just, you've just, you've just won the league uh, and it's a big league title for them after six years or whatever. I'm not winning it. Um, going to the Champions League, yeah, you're you're on a, like you're on the good thing there. <laughs> like, and, sure. and also, I suppose you want to sort of hedge your bets a bit and be like, well, maybe Spurs will come in for him because Spurs need a manager. So you don't want to be, hmm. you don't want to say yes to Palace, and then immediately Spurs would have been like, oh well, we would have had you. So yeah, I mean, I do. I think he'll come. Probably not, but he's no, no. <laughs> well, true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. You know, there's, I think there's quite for, a few managers out there. So yeah, I think for I, I tell you why I wouldn't want it to happen, and this, this was my sort of big, big reason. I wouldn't want it to happen for Roy, in a way. <clears throat> I think you know there was a would we say it fizzled out under Roy, or you know there was certainly a lot of dissenting voices when Roy you know came to the end of his tenure. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And it was kind of like, appreciate appreciate the job he's done, but it's, you know, it's time to move on. And, you know, and that's why probably certain people felt a little bit um, uh, negative about the thought of him coming back when Vieira went. Um, but he's, I think, you know, for Roy, he's come back, he's really turned it round. And I feel like he's sort of, you know, he's he's proved a point. And you know, for Roy, it might be better just to just to leave it there, you know, and uh, you know, wipe your hands and go and say, well, look, you know, look, I, I, I steered it round. I've I've improved the players and I've left it. I've left the the, the club in a good place. Um, you know, there's a there's a risk of it souring again, you know, for another year. But that's, you know, that's not to say Roy would feel that way. And if he's confident he can carry on, then he will. And he'll throw his his, his name in the ring. Um, I think the difference, though, is that the squad is infinitely better than the one that he had in that last season yeah. when all things started to go sour. And I think Roy has proved enough down his initial four years that when he's had decent squads and the players have been fit, he has done all right, and especially towards the back end of the seasons as well. Like, mm-hmm. let him go after teams, and you know, pretty much like he's done now, just let let him play. You know, get you know, have a clear plan to get our attacking threats on the ball. And if we keep the team together for another year, <clears throat> add an addition. There's no reason why he won't continue with his style of play. I guess if everything stays, um, I still think there's <laughs> a underlying blocking it like I don't know what it is like a a spot in his mirror where he just can't see against certain teams particularly big teams he'll never go and have a go at him if you've last season under Vieira and it was our joint best season I think against top six sides because we actually you know went and pressed them high up at the pitch and you know (laughs) rattled their back lines and you know, particularly if you think Man City away, that 2-0 victory there under Vieira. Um, so I think Roy still misses that a bit. Like, he won't go and rattle those teams' cages, um, which can be frustrating. But, you know, other than that, his record in, against teams in and around you and in the bottom half of the table where you want to pick up your points, he is really good at doing that. And he's been doing it really, really well with this squad of players. So, I don't know. I'm. I think... Yeah, I'm a bit like you. I, I'd prefer it to be someone else, just because you know he's up, he's he's very old. <laughs> it's 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 only going to be one more year. It, you just can't see how it could possibly be beyond one more year, given his age. And you don't want to waste this crop of players because we're not going to keep him forever. At least he's going to be gone soon enough before we know it. 
Um, it's a good chance that Decore could end up getting a big move away. Um, we obviously are going to try and build around Eze, I imagine, Eze, but it's a good chance he'll, he'll go as well because you can't just can't be scoring this amount of goals for a team like Crystal Palace from midfield and not be picking up loads of attention from elsewhere, you know. So mm. you kind of, you know, you you want this couple of players to be given to someone who's going to make a big push it. Could that be Roy? No, probably not over a year. I think it needs to be a two-year project. But hey, if he does get it for a year, I'm not going to be overly upset. Not as much as it was when he came in, which I think we've all, there's a lot of us have had to humble ourselves when it comes to viewing it. Although I can always fall back on that. I did say that, you know, if he activates 17, 18 end the season mode, then we'll be all right. (laughs) (laughs) And that's exactly what he's done. So, um, yeah, fair play to Roy. And then look, looking at Bournemouth on the weekend, Albert, 26 passes, every outfield player touches the ball. And yeah. ends with a coif turn, a back heel. <laughs> yeah, as the, uh, what was the thing the club released today? Play Roy Ball. Mm. Yeah. Uh, did anybody else tap the screen thinking it was actually interactive? Or was that just me? <laughs> no. I mean, no. we should point out that we also obviously did score against Brighton last season when everyone touched the ball, including the goalkeeper. So. Not to say we haven't done it in the past, but it was an incredible both goals in that game. Albert, I found myself no, no, no limbs as the kids call it these days. Just, just stood there and applauded. Didn't know what else to do. It was just like these goals are magical, both of them. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I only saw them. It was my son's fourth birthday uh, on Saturday, so at the time of the game being played, I was in a a party room in a leisure centre with 23 kids just running around screaming and I'd cut my hand open with a pair of child scissors. Um, That's that's another story. Uh, So yeah, I only saw, I only saw it on uh, after the, after the fact, but obviously, you know, when you've got people there and other family members watching it on TV and you lot, I could tell just from the, the, the WhatsApp lighting up, the uh the goals were clearly something to rush home and put on. Uh and yeah, and that's why I've fucked off watching Eurovision to make sure I'd sat down and watched match of the day. And then it turned out we were like one of the last games and I actually fell asleep, had to wake up, rewind it. So <laughs> the last game we were the last game, yeah. Were we the last game? We were in yeah. afterthoughts. Yeah. Which is, you know, ridiculous considering the quality of those goals. But uh yeah, they're great, you know. I, I, I sort of, which is my favourite goal. Yeah, I do like a, I do like a, a nice curling shot from the outside of the box. Um, mm. I'm partial to one of those. So as much as the good the first goal's good, that Elise pass oh. for the second, <laughs> and then yeah, I liked for that Elise pass about halfway through its trajectory to to Ebbs. Everyone in the crowd just goes, oh, <laughs> like a crescendo. It was such a good pass. Fucking hell. It was so good. Do you know, Heskiff, has this game made a mockery of our goal of the season vote? Does it need to be just, they just need to pull it and start it again? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like both of their goals in the game were, were brilliant. 
and I think actually, if I'm right, I haven't watched it back, but uh, the second one stuck, came from a, a Bournemouth corner. Yeah. Which we cleared. No, you did really well to sort of finally get it back to Elise. You just pinged it. Fucking hell. I mean, yeah, both of, both of those, I think if they did the shortlist for goal of the season now, both of those would be on it. Yeah, oh, um, 100%. And but <clears throat> con- <laughs> maybe a controversial statement because it's impossible to tell from any angle. Did Eze's second take a deflection? It might have. It's so hard to tell. Like, there's nothing definitive. But just when it goes past the defender, it just seems to climb up a little bit. One of the blokes blokes I stand with was, at the time, adamant that it did. And I was like, nah, he's just fucking arrowed it. And he was like, no, no, it took a deflection. But like, on on the replay on the Twitter or whatever, I saw it. And I was like, did it? Yeah. Well, given you can't from any angle, you there's no way you can say that it did. So you can no. just you so can let's just, say it didn't. Yeah, yeah, you can just pretend it flew in the top corner. It doesn't matter. But I think it did. Just a very slight one. Nothing that made any difference whatsoever. It was going in. Yeah. Oh, it was definitely going in. But um, yeah, such a killjoy. Fun, <laughs> fun sponge. <laughs> but uh, it was it was an incredible. He's the opposite part. of a sponge at the moment, isn't he? <laughs> Uh, um, but yeah, Heskiv, it was a, a, an excellent performance. Felt really good being there as well. You know, the good atmosphere, really, really good atmosphere. Yeah, it was and, good fun. Um, yeah. Turnstiles working. They were. Yeah. I mean, as as per my gate wasn't, Vanessa went through it and you have to sort of hold it so it locks and then do it again. But <laughs> we got in. It was, yeah, it was a pretty good atmosphere, actually. Um it was nice to win a game. Like we talked about this uh, when we were coming back home from Southampton, Terence. Just like a comfortable. It, like I told, I told you the story where a friend of mine and I went to Southampton away years ago when they were, I think the year they got promoted and they beat us two nil, very comfortable. And we went to a pub outside Southampton just to get a drink before we came home. And there were two home fans just being like routine two nil, just a comfortable two nil. We were both like. Oh, fuck off like true but fuck off but then after that Bournemouth game I was like it's just a routine comfortable 2-0 like I, I get it now because they I mean I thought they were I thought they were shit to be honest but I also thought we played very well and uh it was nice to just sort of be in control and then just get the goals and that's it like it, there was no real hairy moments I don't think Johnson had much to do yeah when the commentary on match of the day they was um she said, "This is the it's, it's Vicky Sparks, isn't it? The female commentator on there." She said, "This is the most passive I've seen Bournemouth in weeks." So it's obviously something we did to them that you know that they just couldn't get anything going for whatever reason, you know. And West Ham completely struggled it as well after coming into the game against us in really good form, and we just basically played them off the park. So. Um, there's obviously something we're doing that just makes it extremely difficult for teams. And it's probably because we've got players like Eze, Zaha and Elise who just killed the first touch is just so deadly that it opens up so much space immediately <laughs> against teams that it becomes a big struggle for them and they have to drop off deeper and deeper to try and deal with it. Um, 
but they're just fluid. They're all just fluid players, and mm. you know, one's one's on the left one minute, and then you look, and then they've come inside, and you know, it, it very. And I think that's where West Ham really struggled. You know, we we they just seem to sort of circumvent any sort of shape that you know the opposition midfield were trying to impose on them, mm. um, and that's just a sign of yeah, quality players who've been kind of loosened on the leash a little bit. Um, and it's so, mad yeah, to yeah. think more credit to Roy. Mad to think that they're. That that our players like we were talking after the game and sort of saying outside the top the big six or whatever you want to call them. I'm like, who's got like an attack of Elise, Ebbs, and Wilf? Like, who who's got a better front three than that? Can't really think of any. And you see, like you say, some of the stuff they do in the games, like their touches and the skill and the drop of the shoulder, and it Wilf Cruyff turning and taking three defenders out of the game, just. It's so much fun to watch, and it's crazy to think that they play for us. Hmm. Yeah, but and also starting to get like you know numbers on the board, you know, in terms of goals yeah. and assists. Like Elise is now third in the league for assists. What one more puts him level with Saka, and this is Bakary Saka, Bakary Bakary Saka. He's had like you know an incredible season. But Elise is up there with him in that sense of bad. I mean, yeah, it's... and that 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 definitely won't have gone unnoticed, you know, mm. by everybody else in the league. So mm. incoming. And if he hadn't been stuck playing in the middle for half the season, what could that number be? If he was just mm. out wide putting balls in with his left foot, like of course he should be doing because it's just you know, even in the first half an hour against Bournemouth, I was joking in the group saying he's turned into Jimmy Kebe because nothing works. Couldn't complete a pass. Every cross was over hit and higher. And then he just got his, you know, he's got his aim in and all of a sudden it's just everything looks incredibly dangerous and Bournemouth don't know what to do. So, yeah, incredible, incredible left foot. It really is. That's when I started drinking heavily, Jimmy Kebe. So did he. That was a problem. Mm. Playing poker heavily, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, Okay, so going into Fulham on the weekend, and I think we'll just talk about Wolf's going to be out. Yeah. And I was like, Heskiv saying in the pre-chat, out for the rest of the season. I mean, the rest of the season is two games. (laughs) Have we seen the last of him? Is the first question. I'm not oh. answering that. Yeah, I don't want to. It just makes me sad. I hope not. I hope not. Like, I tried not to think about it, but I was talking to a mate earlier this week and she was like, what are the pro, you know, what are the things that make you think he'll stay and what are the things that make you think he'll go? And when I sort of think about it, I can weigh it up, but I just don't want to tempt fate. I hope he stays. I'm sort of resigned to him not, but, but really hoping that he does. Like, 200 grand a week is a lot of money, but ain't my money. So just give it to him, I don't care. A <laughs> um, lot of niggly muscle injuries, though, creeping in. Yeah, but just comparing to Nathan Ferguson, it's all good. <laughs> Can we take some of his... You know, can we use him for like some tr- scrap? Are you trying to harvest his? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Has he got any good ones that he could let Zaha have? <laughs> this isn't this isn't Blade. <laughs> yeah, this is mad mad scientist back of the nest. Um so we've we've wilf out of the game on Saturday. Albert, who yeah, what's the reshuffle look like? How do we make it work? For me, uh for me I'd bring Edouard into the team and and stick Ayu out wide and let Edouard have another go at leading the line. Hmm. As I saw, it just made me think today that graphic that's doing the rounds, which shows like the, the best European under 17s player list each year. So it's like an award they give out. 2010, Connor Wickham. Yes. 20, 2012, 2012, Max Meyer. Yes. 2015, 2015, Odson Edouard. <laughs> Someone was saying wow. that we've uncovered Dougie Freeman's scouting list. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, and I'm, I'm, and I'm in no way um, biased in in suggesting that we put him up front because I predicted him to get something like 13 goals. You know, I'm not it's the, like the last roll of the you're roll ru- of the you're, ru- you're ruining next week's content. <laughs> No, I'm anticipating next week's concert. <laughs> <laughs> You're still hold, holding out for that yeah. spurt, spurt of goals that are coming. Yeah, six, six, six against Fulham and five against Forest, and I think I'll be somewhere near what I predicted for him. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think you'd need nine more. <sighs> still, strange things. Stranger things have happened. Football's a funny game. You couldn't write it. Yeah. Uh, I think I'll tell you who... I was going to... Garth Crooks can't fucking write it, that's for sure. You'd be talking about Hodgson. I think we can safely say he won't be scoring nine goals. Yeah. Okay. Maybe eight. Uh, So, Edouard up top. Are you out wide left? Same for you, Haskell. Yeah. I guess it... uh, uh, Schlup coming in, whether he's fit or not, would be interesting because I thought Hughes played pretty well against Bournemouth. I'm assuming Schlup will just come in if he's fit, just because Roy likes him and he's been in decent form. Um, but yeah, I'd probably go for Edouard in and then are you out wide? I suppose wouldn't 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 hate it. What about Will Hughes keep his place and Schlup goes out wide? Yeah, that's the other option. I think I would prefer not to have that. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I like I, I like IU out wide. I think he does a lot of good work. I'm still burnt by Schlippy doing the whole pointing at the bloke he's supposed to be covering as he runs past him. <laughs> and it's probably unfair because he hasn't done it for a, a few games, but it's just burnt into my mind that that's what's going to happen. So. <laughs> what game was that? <laughs> Several. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> let me get let me get my notepad out, <laughs> my spreadsheet. Uh, yeah, I can. I do. I do remember it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, mm. I, I mean, I, I we said it. Albert and I said it last week. I'd like to see Ahamada get fucking like five minutes. When he's bringing on Gyro and Jimmy, I was like, poor old, poor old Ahamada's going to get fucking trench foot. Just going to be sitting there the whole time. 
Yeah, no, like, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure he will. And he, he was never signed for this season, was he? Bless him. Nah. Um, so, I don't know. We'll see. Okay, let's get some predictions then before we wrap it up. I'll go I'm first. Go, I'll go, I'll go, go first, on. Albert. No, yeah, go I'm going to surprise you here. Eh? No, you're not. Two, oh, two, 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 <laughs> two, no follow. <laughs> oh, God. Mm, I'm going to go for a... Oh, I really want to finish above Chelsea. Yep. So that's leading me to say things like 3-1 Palace. But hand on heart, I'm probably I'm going to go for a one-all draw. The problem is, if we do finish... Above Chelsea, that means Heskiff will have got his position, league position prediction right at the start of the season. I can live Come with on that. Palace. That's fine. Come on, Palace. At the expense of Chelsea, I'll 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 give Heskiff the um the glory there. But the other the, the thing that I'm sort of the, the other thing that's making me go, well, you know, I wouldn't mind throwing some points is anything, anything we can do. And I've said it before, anything we can do to get Everton relegated. Um, but unfortunately, Forest, Forest might be all right before that. Um, but yeah, anything we can do to get Everton down, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they must have, after they won 5 1 at Brighton, must have been thinking, here we go, and then somehow, somehow, it's just still not materialised like that for them. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see what goes on. Okay, cool. I'm going to go for one-one, um, one-all one draw. Boring. I know. Come sit, come sit with me. <laughs> okay, so you ain't got a ticket, mate, or you need you need one more. I meant metaphorically <laughs> because I also predicted one all <laughs> don't rub it in uh, right Tuesday night get your asses over to Sellers Park for the the final against PSV um, support the boys Young. I mean I mean we really should be trying to get 20 odd thousand for that but i don't think we're going to get anywhere near it unfortunately but um you know try and get yourselves down there and support the kids in their final um this game will be reviewed on sunday by the usual gang so look out for that from sunday evening or for your monday morning commutes and um, of course as always head over to youtube.com forward slash back of the nest for daily content pretty much over there with dr who never sleeps um thank you for listening tune in next week for the build up to forest gnt check our final podcast of the season and we'll reveal the rest of our terrible predictions they are awful shockers the lot lot of them (laughs) yeah and we'll have we'll have some fun and games for the last one of the season so until next week up the palace. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in?
at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.